It's been a wild few days. We we went to a stupid scary thing last night and it was ridiculous. And we didn't get until like 1 a.m., huh? I'm not still scared. I, that's just, it's ridiculous. We still waited three hours in line for some people to go, bah. yeah, it was dumb. All right, but my kids wanted to do it and they were happy. Or at least one of them was. One of them sat in the truck, didn't want to go. All right. Yeah, she didn't even go. She was like, I'm not paying, she literally said, I'm not paying people to scare me, that's dumb. And I was like, I'm, one of them's smart. No, I'm just kidding. My other two aren't in here, so don't tell them I said any of these things. All right. Uh, do what? One out of three, yeah. They're, they're younger. They're going to learn. Anyway, so, all right. Last week we talked about, um, we did talk about Jesus. Every week we talked about Jesus. Uh, we talked about man making plans and God doing what? Directing our steps, right? Um, I want to kind of continue that and in, in the ways, kind of along the lines we were just talking about giving, about how the time that we're in is very digital, oddly enough. Um, and I've kind of tentatively titled this Social Media Is Not Real. <laughs> um, I don't know if y'all have been on social media, but it's not real. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've learned uh, over, over my own, uh, whatever, addictions to my phone and seeing my kids doing the same thing and looking over their shoulder and seeing what they do, how fast we're taking in information, like especially like through like TikToks and Snapchat, they're all very short. Like, I'll see them, and I do all the time. I'm guilty. I'll look over their shoulder, and I'll take their phones and look and see what they're looking at. Um, but they go so fast. I don't know if you've seen this. It blows my mind. I feel really old when I see it. They're looking at so many things so fast, and they're, like, swiping up. And all these geniuses that design these phones make them super intuitive to where they can just swipe with their thumb and do things really, really fast. And so, I mean, they're looking at images, like, boom, 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 boom. And they're liking them or not liking them or responding really quick or taking a picture of the ceiling or half of their face for the stupid Snapchat stuff. I don't get all that. But anyway, constantly, 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 constantly. What I realized the other day, which my, my, uh, my strange addiction is TikTok. And what I realized the other day was all, I get consumed sometimes with funny TikToks because I, I, I like funny stuff. It took like four times to, to delete the app and bring it back to get the algorithm right to where it just gave me funny stuff and not dumb teenage dances with the same song over and over again. Anyway, but even those funny videos... I realized that I'll get consumed, and 20 minutes later, I've spent all this time, and you know what I realized? I didn't remember one of those things, because they're so short. I, don't, I guess our brain just can't, or maybe mine can't, can't process and retain any of that information. I'll think, man, I saw a lot of really funny videos, and I can't remember one of them. Seriously, like I thought about that, I was like, that was 20 minutes gone, and I have nothing really to show for it. Like, just gone. You just get consumed with it. And I think that we get in some of these habits, I'm not just trying to paint social media in a bad light. We can use it. For much good, I try to use it as a pulpit when I can and, and give the good news through it. I think there's lots of opportunities for that, so don't, don't what buddy say, don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> That's what she says. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Social media is not bad in and of itself. It's just I think the way that we take in and retain information is changing a little bit. And I think not necessarily for the better. Not a lot of people are reading books or really digging in and, and searching things. They're just boom, 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 real rapid fire and not retaining a lot. All that to say... A lot of times what I find also in social media is that people aren't waking up out of bed taking pictures of themselves like with no makeup on or no hair done or anything like that. I do the same thing because I'm into vehicles and stuff like that, so you use filters and certain angles and make things look cooler than they really are. Huh? No makeup. No makeup. No makeup. No, no trim the eyebrows. You don't, no, people, 
you don't show necessarily, most people don't show the, the worst side of their lives or the struggles that they deal with. Not everyone, but most people don't. They'll just show the good things, and then it's, it's kind of a facade sometimes, right? And I don't think it's always intentional. I think it kind of happens. I think it's just part of what we do. And, and in, in some ways, it's not all bad because there, I've had people say things. I'll, I usually post a lot of fun stuff that I do, especially if I'm out of town. Sometimes I have to fly out of town for work. And I remember posting one video of us riding scooters from our meetings to the restaurant because they had these scooters when they just came out in this, in this town. And I remember the first comment, somebody was like, oh, uh, must be nice or whatever, like we're at work or whatever. And I was like, well, I didn't post the eight-hour conference that I just sat through all these PowerPoints that was boring me to tears and you don't care about that has to do with paint equipment. I just posted the fun stuff because who wants to look at the other stuff, right? So there's, there's, there's a balance to that. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying that we have to realize that what you see on your phone or, or whatever in front of you as far as social media goes is not always, th that's very surfacy. it's not deep enough. And I say that to say, uh, even more specifically with all the pandemic and all this crap, crap, listen to me, all this stuff going on. Uh, there's crap going on. Uh, Y'all can quote me on that. There's crap going on in the world. Um, that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that's good. All right, that, uh, that we can get a little introspective and real and start to think about who we are as people, right? And I think that it's we can without getting consumed. It's not a bad thing to do because what I started to question myself is how am I real? Am I genuine? One of the things that you guys know is my other Facebook account, my original one, that was years and years and years of memories and you know Holy Spirit ins inspirational quotes. That I thought I was changing the world with and whatever, gone like it was hacked and it was gone like everything's just gone. And I know other people that have just, because they have a certain political view, have just been squashed like that too, and like everything's gone, and there's no customer service at Facebook. It doesn't exist. We aren't customers. We are the meat. <laughs> We're the ones that they're peddling to, to everyone else. They don't care. And so we have to realize that, well, what I say, let me back up. What I realized was I was very invested in that. That was a big part of my identity. I didn't realize how much of it was, and then it was gone like that. And it made me realize that, wow, maybe I need to redirect a little bit. Maybe I need to focus a little more time in other areas. Not that it's all bad, but I, I started looking at family and church and, and physical interaction more so than just digital. Does that make sense? Something we talked about in, in my office, actually, before church is pretty cool. We always go in there and pray, and I always pray before service, too. And, and something that I, I was mentioning to, to the worship team and the guys that were in there, so my biggest fear is this and you guys know, is, is this whole social distancing thing being prolonged. Um, and you, you guys, most of you know my stance on that. I'm not saying to be reckless for the sake of being reckless, but I, I genuinely am afraid that, that this is becoming norm, that we don't touch, that we don't interact close together, and that scares me. It really, really scares me. I, I think it's very unhealthy, and I think that as we're looking at, specifically next year in our church, we're looking at um, doing more outreaches, I want to get outside the doors of the church again. I actually talked to Mark the other day. Oh, I've got a date. I did miss one announcement. Uh, Mark Wyatt, do you guys know Mark Wyatt? My pastor, the founder of this church, will be speaking at least, if not more, but at least on November 7th. So mark your calendars. November 7th, Autumn's going to be back in town, so he picked that date so she could come listen as well. He's going to, he's going to I thought about servant evangelism and how much it meant to me when we first joined uh, Deeper Life. And it was crazy because I was thinking about Mark, uh, like two days before he called me randomly, and we hadn't talked a lot lately, and we talked for like 20, 30 minutes, and I told him my heart and everything. He's like, man, would you want me to come speak? I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. 
So he's going to come the seventh. We're going to talk about servant evangelism. But back to what I want to talk about too. Going outside the doors, man. There's this. There's this. I don't know if you guys feel it, but it's kind of this eerie feeling. Like, can I? You know, can I? Can I touch someone? Can I pray for someone? Can I hug someone? Is it okay? And I've never felt that way before. I mean, I guess before, when I was in a more religious. <laughs> A religious church, I guess that was a little more taboo, but now it's just so normal. Now I feel like I'm regressed a little bit because I'm, I, I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. I'm trying to be loving in the best way that I can. But man, I just look at Jesus and him praying for lepers and hugging people that have never been touched, that have been outcast. And I just see, you know, John laying his head on, on Jesus and just the, the, the closeness that we have. And it just, it, it concerns me that you go to check out and you don't even see anybody anymore. You do it yourself. You know, you can't even have that interaction. And a lot of times I'll purposely go to the line that has a, I'll wait in line so I can see a person so I can talk to them. And I've never thought about that before. Usually I'll be convenient, so I'll go fast. But now I'm starting to really appreciate the time, the time that we interact with one another. Um, I just think it's really important. So... You start thinking, are we real? Are we genuine? I started looking, thinking back to all the posts that I had made on my hacked account, and then even on the ones that I make now that I've made a new account. Um, I start thinking about, are we are we genuine? Are we real? Am, am I a real Christian? Right? Am I genuine? And I, I look at all the hallmarks that you would say, um, especially when I first started going to church, of what a real Christian. I always like the term. Uh, someone told me this before I got saved. They would talk about a person, and they were like, oh, he's a real big Christian. And in my head, I always imagined, like, Stay Puft the Marshmallow Man. He's a real big Christian, like a big C on his chest. Ooh. People talk about big, oh, he makes big money. I always think about the big checks. Like, I'm a very visual guy. Um, but a real Christian, or a real good Christian, a real big Christian, what, what would you say, and you can, you can say it, what would you say those hallmarks have been traditionally of a good Christian? What's a good Christian look like? Don't cuss, okay? What else? Do what? They're clean, like clean dressed or clean? Clean dressed, yeah. What else? No tats? Yeah. What else? Okay, yeah. Yeah. What else? That's a real answer. We're going for the, yeah, that's a good answer. You got the best answer. We're talking, we're talking about religious, religious answers before we understood the truth, which is, you, that, was, that was very good. So, but that was, <clears throat> for a season, that was what it looked like, and that's, that was one of the reasons I never really felt like I fit in church, because I thought that I didn't dress a certain way, or I didn't look a certain way, or I, I didn't talk a certain way. I couldn't speak Christianese, right? I didn't know I didn't know the these and thous, and a lot of the churches I went to would speak in that way, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking. I want to know, but I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't, it doesn't, it, it's not translating to me. And I don't think it was necessarily ill intentions all the time, but it was, there was a disconnect there. And I think it was that outward, that outward appearance of being something, and that's exactly what religion is. Religion tries to be something that it's not. Christianity, real, real, not real, put the quotation marks down, real Christianity, Christ followers, life, is an indwelling of the Holy Spirit and a living out what's happening inside you. Do you see the difference? You can't put this on. It's not something you put on and take off. You don't put it on when you come to church. You don't take it off when you walk out the door. I've heard people, I've literally heard people in churches back, not here, back in the past say that they would hang their religion, how do they say it? They'd hang their religion on the coat hanger or something so that they could cuss someone out or 
Like they would, like literally they acted as though they could just put it to the side so they could get in the flesh or whatever they would say. Ridiculous. It's, that is bad, bad, bad theology. It's also what? It's also not in the Bible. Cleanliness next to godliness, not in there. I mean, be clean, don't be smelly. Huh? Being clean is great, nothing against it. I'm just saying, don't add stuff in there that, make, that complicates things. And we do, we, what I love about Jesus, Jesus took a complicated message and simplified it. We, we have a tendency to take a simple message and complicate it. Stop it. <laughs> There's an old video, I need to find it. It's a, y'all might know it. This, is, this guy, it's like, I don't know if he's a therapist or something, and you have to pay like $5 for his advice or something. And this lady gives all the things that she struggles with, and his only response is, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> she keeps paying him. Don't do that. Don't do those things. <laughs> I always think about that. I was like, stop. Don't do that. But here's, here's what I love about the, the, what we talked about last week as far as God guiding our steps and not just our plans being made. What I love about that is when we, when we walk in those ways, we can walk in love because we're not, we're not trying to gain something. When, when we understand grace and who we are in Jesus, we already have it. We, we possess something. So when we possess something, we now are not looking at relationships as something we can take from people. We are there to give. That's a t- completely different perspective in relationships. For me, I don't know about you, but for me it was because the way that I learned relationships was I do for you, you do for me. I may not say it, but you owe me, right? I'll come help you build a fence, but I'm going to get you. You know, like, you know what I mean? Or I won't even say that, but I, hey, remember when I helped you build that fence? I need you to come help me move a house or something. I don't know. Move a house. I did that to Buddy. That's an inside joke. Yeah, I told Buddy to come over. We're gonna, I told Buddy one time, we're going we're gonna, to, we got a couple errands to do, and then we're going to shoot guns. And Buddy's like, oh, I want to shoot guns. He showed up, and we were moving Brett's house. He had like a, like a big double-wide trailer, and we were moving it. And he was like, we're moving a whole house. This is not just a few errands. This is a whole house we're moving. You did not give me all the information. I was like, you didn't ask. We'll shoot guns afterwards. Be more thorough. Don't hear what I'm not saying. All right, so, so are we genuine? Are we, re- are we real? How do we know that we're real? If, we don't, if we're not looking at these outward things, if we're not looking at, you know, don't cuss, don't smoke, don't do these things, not, if we're not looking at the outward, how do we know? How do we know? I have an answer. John 13, 34 tells us, a new command I give you. This is brand new. Do, 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 do. Brand new, hot off the press. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Three times. Three times in two sentences he says something. What does he say? Love one another. I'm going to say it again. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Know that you are disciplined in me. Think about that. If you love one another. Now, there's another key verse in there. He says, as I have loved you. And that made me think, is he talking about agape here? So I went and I looked in the Greek. And he says, it is, it's a derivative of, of agape. And it is, let me see if I can pronounce it right. Wait, where did I put it? Hang on, I got it in here somewhere. Here it is. Agape, it's, it's agapeo. It's a verb tense of agape. And this is the definition in the Greek. It says, live through Christ, embracing God's will, choosing his choices, embrace, uh, agape, I'm probably mispronouncing, but agapeo means actively doing what the Lord prefers with him by his power and direction. 
So it is agape in, in action. It is a verb. It is, it is loving. He says, as I have loved you, love others. How do we do that? How do we love like God loves us? Is God's love perfect? Is God's love perfect? It is, isn't it? Is, he's made of the stuff. He is perfect. How do we love perfectly? We, well, first, we can't. We can't on our own. We absolutely cannot. That's the first thing. The first hurdle we have to get over is to admit that we cannot love perfectly. We can't love God perfectly. We certainly can't love other people perfectly on our own. We just absolutely cannot. We need him so that we can. That's why he says, as I have loved you, love others. Not just go try real hard to love, because that's what we want to do, right? This is a big Christian or a real Christian. You try real hard, uh, sacrifice time, sacrifice these things, work real hard so that you can love people a certain way. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, as I loved you. Now, the scripture right after this, we're not going to go all the way through it. Scripture right after this, do you know what happens right after this? He uh, predicts Peter's denial. He is telling them to love perfectly like I love, and right after that, he knows that Peter's going to deny him. And we all know how that worked out. He loved him all the way through it, completely reinstated him after it, and told him to go love like he loved. Go feed my sheep. Go love like I love. He knew what Peter was going to do, and he loved him through it. Perfect love, perfect agape love, is what, we liked, what we've called for years, which this reminds me of the old school deeper life days, is no strings attached. Perfect love is unconditional. We don't love other people because of what they can do for us. God didn't love us because of what we could do for him. We don't have anything to offer. That would make him not perfect. We love because of what he's already done for us. Think about that for a minute. We love because of what he has already done for us. He's loved us so much that he gave himself for us, for you. <laughs> he said, I love you so much that I will take on myself and I will come and, and make myself out of dirt like you and be God and man together so that you can see. I'm going to build a prototype. This Jesus guy, you can't say, oh, well, that's great. Jesus can do all these things and Jesus is awesome. No, he was a prototype to show you that God and man could dwell together. So you don't say, oh, well, that's great. Well, Jesus was perfect. I'm not. No, you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit only dwells in a clean place. He has made you clean so that he can dwell in you. Do you know what that means? Carol sent me the little emoji of the brain exploding last week when I said that. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. This is, <clears throat> this is the hallmark uh, of being a Christian. This is the, I don't know how you want to put it, the, the, the wind in our sails, the guiding force that we have is love. And it's not the type of love that we mostly think about, where you fall in and out of it. I've only fallen in and out of holes. I don't fall in and out of love, not agape anyway. You're not stumbling around, getting emotional and doing all these things. Love is, is very real, and God's love is beyond our, our emotions and our circumstances and all the things that are around us. It is so solid that just like I was talking about Paul and Silas just sitting in prison worshiping, loving people right around them, seeing a guard that was about to commit suicide saying, no, God loves you, knowing without a shadow of a doubt that they carry something that is so powerful that it can change a man's mind about his own life and about his general and his family. All of those people got saved, by the way. The whole, that, that guy that was about to take his own life because he was worried that people were going to get free, 
They all went home and got saved and were baptized that night, his whole family. Think about that for a minute. I love the, the picture that I love, love, love seeing it, the, the image of Paul living out exactly what Christ died for. And it's the same thing that we should be living out. So we need to be careful that we, we don't just try to look at the outside and try to paint this picture of what a Christian looks like and then place that on people. That's not how Christianity works. Christianity comes from the inside out. We need to call out people's true identity from the inside out. It's what God does. He says, I see you, and you're, I always use this example because I'm into cars. <clears throat> I just sold my cabbie, my little convertible cabbie that I bought. And I, I know, it's sad. It made me sad, too, to see it go. But I've dried my tears with all the hundreds. Anyway. <laughs> so what I do is I, I find cars that I like, and I think they look cool, and then I have an idea of the way that I want them to look, and I'll lower them or raise them or change the wheels and tires or whatever it is, and I make them more desirable, and I sell them, and I make a little bit of profit. And it's awesome. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, it huh? Tracy, I don't. Or you do. Tracy does not. It, it's, there's always a risk and a gamble when you do that, because, but I'm pretty good at it. It's worked out pretty well. Anyway, so, but it stresses Tracy out sometimes because it is. But, uh, but anyway, so this awesome couple from Louisiana came about the cabbie, but I remember when I bought that cabbie, it was rough. It needed a few things. It wasn't much. It needed like some tie rods, and it needed a certain look, and I lowered it a little bit, and I put some different wheels and tires on it, and then it looked great, and I always think about that. That's how God sees us. I mean, on a certain level, all these analogies will break down if you want to, but God sees us at our full potential. He sees us loving people like he loves people. He sees us being free like he's free, being, being known and loved just, just like he is. Like he, he knows, he knows, he knows everything that you are capable of above your own ability to even see it. That's how faith works. You see things that aren't even there. When, when God sees that in us, that type of love, that should translate to others. We're a conduit of that love. That's why we, he says that we have waters that are flowing constantly. We're not reservoirs getting stagnant, growing green stuff on them with frogs on lily pads. We are flowing. We're surfing. Ooh, better. We are, we are moving. We are doing things. God's love is active. It's passionate. He, he, he stopped at nothing to be close to you. We need to have that kind of love for other people. That is the heart of what, what we want at this church and, and, and in our lives. We want to know that God loves us. We can't give away what we don't possess, right? If you, you have to have $10 million, give it away. You have to know that you're loved. If you don't know that you're loved, go to the Father. Once you know you're loved, <clears throat> share that with everybody you come in contact with. Let them know. They need it. You have the answer to everyone's problems. Cool, right? You don't even need cargo pants. It's just inside. You don't have to carry it around. You don't check it at the door. You have it. Any given moment. Yes. Sure. Whoa. Microphone. Is it on? Oh, hi. Oh. Okay. Um, something with that, like, I, I don't remember who it was, but I think this was back, like, in yield and days of youth, when I was in youth and you were youth pastor. Um, long, long a ago. Long time ago. Um, but I, was, I think, uh, somebody was talking about, um, one of the most wonderful and rewarding prayers and also one of the riskiest prayers that you can pray is God increase my love to, to love like you do. And let me see with your heart because he will, but that also means you can't unsee the hurt and the need around you, yeah. you know? Um, and I know that there are times for me where I've been like, God, increase my love. And I'm like forcing myself, like trying to be like, all right, I'm going to be around these people. 
or I'm going to try to learn more about this thing, and maybe that will increase my love because I'll understand them better. And it doesn't. A lot of times it just makes me more frustrated or more afraid to actually venture into that because I feel so insecure. And then I ask the Lord, and when he reveals his heart for people, like that really changes because it's, it's not something where it's like, I should love people this way because I'm a Christian and because this is what I'm called to. Although the duty and the, the zeal in that is admirable, it is going to lead you to burnout. Yeah. And it's asking the Lord to show him in his time and in his way, in a way that resonates with you, like God increase my capacity to love. Well, something you just said that's really important is <clears throat> it, it will resonate to you in a certain way. Now, to, to open that phrase up a little bit, you guys are all unique, right? We're not all the same. You know, we have different interests. We have different talents. We have different giftings, right? There's no, there's no plan B to this whole thing. Like, there's no, God doesn't have another backup plan. We're it. We're, we're the ones that are to share this with other people so that they can see the love that God has for them. So there's a, there's a unique way that you do it that no one else can. You can reach people that no one else can reach, each of us individually. And I think it's not just... I think it can be in some ways interest-based because you can connect with people really quickly. Like I can connect with car people quickly. You know, within five minutes, we're like best buds because we, we know the terminology or whatever. Um, but I think that is just a very natural way of God showing us that we're made to communicate like that with each other, that we're made to, to like I get excited sometimes when I talk about car stuff, right? You, if you've been around me, you know. I'll just start talking about it, and it'll be like an hour later. I don't even realize I've talked this long. I do the same thing about God when I, when I start talking about the Bible and talking about Jesus. I get excited, and it's, it's like an hour later, and okay, we need to go, and you probably need to turn the lights off and leave or whatever. But I think that what that is is the same thing we were talking about earlier is the potential that we have in ourselves that God draws out of us. It's not, it's not something that we work real hard to get or we try really hard to do because just like you said, you get burned out when you do that. We're not trying to do it. We're, we're recognizing that we have that ability in, in us. We're not walking alone. Like I said, the first hurdle you have to get, get over is you can't do it. Can't do it. Flat out can't do it on your own. When you realize that, you say, okay, well, God, I need you. And then Holy Spirit enters the chat. Hey, that's me, the helper, right? It's a, it's a perfect progression. I mean, it's like, it, it's like God planned it out <laughs> for, to work out perfectly. We go, okay, we can't do this. All right, I send a helper. What are you going to do with him? You have a helper. Are, are we... Are we listening? Oh, man, I had, Trace and I had this conversation <laughs> yesterday, and she genuinely asked me, well, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? I was like, I probably wasn't in that decision. I mean, just being honest, being real. Are we listening? Are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we allowing him to lead us? He's not just there with a ruler. We used to have a spoon with a little, the kids drew a frowny face on it because we would pop on their hands sometimes if they were bad. They hated that worse. It really didn't, it wasn't that bad, but they just hated it. It was just the idea of it. And, uh, but he's, the Holy Spirit's not just there to pop you on the hand when you do something wrong. He's there to lead you in a life that, that he has created for you. You know, he can pop you on your hand if you're going to do something dumb because he doesn't want you to get hurt. But for the most part, he is leading you in a direction that you don't, you, you're, you're not, you're going to be less concerned about those things. Focused on him and focused on his, his mission in and through you is much more fun than trying really hard to do it on your own. I've done both. The, the latter is better, <laughs> much more better. So anyway, um, real quick, we'll, 
I guess to note, to, how do we know how much God loves us? How do we know what that looks like? And I'll give you the scripture, and then we'll wrap up with this. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us, listen to this terminology, how God feels about you and me. He chose us in him, talking about Jesus, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. This is active. These things just didn't happen. They, they just didn't happen on their own. He actively pursued us through Jesus. This is an action. In accordance with his pleasure and will. This was God's pleasure and will to sacrifice his son so that he could be close to you. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Another active term. He has given us this for free and he lavished his grace on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen. Listen, you were chosen. This isn't some what pedal of the tulip are we trying to figure out and predestination. What it's, what it's trying to show here is God's heart towards man. He chose you before the foundation of the earth. You have a choice to receive it, but he, make no mistake, he wants you. He loves you, and he said it over and over and over again, it was his good pleasure to open those doors so that we could be his again. You were chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything, conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise and his glory, talking about the disciples. But here, this is us. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed, and you were marked in him with a seal. Guess what that seal is? Holy Spirit. I think one of the biggest things we neglect in the modern church is this radical, supernatural thing called the Holy Spirit. We have it, and I think we don't, let me back up. We have him. We don't have it. We have him with us all the time. What are you guys doing? I mean, you and God. What are you guys doing? I mean, what are we doing with God with us? I think that's something that I'm really working on. What are we doing with God with us? What does that look like? How do I listen to the Holy Spirit? How do, how do we move in these areas? How do we see what this looks like? And I think it's really important that we see that God... God doesn't want you to just do things a certain way. He wants you to know how loved you are and to love other people radically by way of the Holy Spirit because we can't do it on our own. Yes? Talking about the fruits of the Spirit, mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a relationship with the Holy Spirit every day, those fruits will naturally come out. And then John, like, I think it's John 14, he's, Jesus is talking to the disciples, you know, before he goes, and he's like, by these fruits, my Father will be glorified. Mm -hmm. and you'll remain in my love. So if we're, just before that, you know, he's saying, like, they'll know us by our love. Well, they'll also know us by the fruits of the Spirit. Yep. So if we're not walking with the Spirit daily, we won't have the fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. <laughs> the fruit's good. Fruit's good. Fruit's good. I like fruit. And I always like, <clears throat> Mark said this, and I always repeat it too, when we drive through Florida to go to Orlando sometimes, when we go to that horrible place called Disney World. Um, I don't know, the fun-to-cost ratio is too far off for me to enjoy it, but... Kids love it, so we end up there anyway. So going through there, there's all those orange trees, and uh, and you never never once have we driven by and heard them go. Mmm. 
that won't pop out, right? It's because these things naturally happen. We used to have the shirts. We need to make some more, I guess, that just say fruit happens on them. Fruit happens. It's kind of a, a joke to the other things that would say something else happens. Anyway, we like clever jokes like that. But, uh, but we have fruit happens shirts because fruit happens. It should, if your life, if you are living your life through Christ, or Christ living his life through you, really, fruit will happen. You'll see it all the time. You'll be like, oh, fruit, this is good. I've, and we, we don't have time to get into testimonies, but we will pretty soon again. We'll get back into another service where we just give testimonies. But when we give testimonies, it's so rich. It's like, it reminds me of eating fruit. It's so rich and good. You're like, oh, wow, you had this experience, and God was in the middle of it, and it was so good. And it's like, oh, this is good. This is fruit. And when you're even in those moments, when you see it, when you're loving someone, or you're praying for someone, or you're, you're spending time with them, or like I said last week, if you're tipping well, just like caring for someone, not just trying to be a good Christian, but knowing that someone may be struggling, a single mom or someone. We, one of the things that we're looking at, and I'm getting sidetracked a little bit, but one of the things we're looking at with the future of outreach is there's lots of people out there that feed the homeless and do a lot of these things, but there's a, there's a middle part that Elias left out, and we call the working needy. It's usually like single moms or fast food workers, stuff like that. And we look at the demographics and see who's who. And so we're going to look at what that looks like and how we can go out and minister and bless those people because I think sometimes they get forgotten. Um, so we're, we're, we're kind of looking around at what that looks like. And there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes trying to plan to see what this, this does. And we're shooting for the beginning of the year of, of really pushing more outreach outside the doors of the church. So um, be praying about that. But that, that's one of the things that I love when we used to do that back in the day. Uh, I love seeing it in person, like fruit happening. Like we, we come together, and it's really cool. I see you guys all the time, and I love you. But when, you, when you're out there and you see fruit happen, like it's pretty normal in here, but when you see it out there, it's like out in the wild, right? You're like, oh, wow, we're, we're, you know, we're at a park or we're wherever we are, wherever we do these little things that we do. We're at a gas station, and this person gets healed, or we're here, and this person gets saved. We're here, and this person knows that they're loved by God. You know, these, these, these little things that happen, it's, it's much more real, I don't. I, I gotta quit doing air quotes. It is genuinely more real when you see it out in the real world, not just in a church setting. Does that make sense? And it helps us. What it helped me do was not limit these things to this area. God's God's not limited to a metal building in Westmobile or any other building out here. This is not His house. You are. You are a walking, talking temple of the Holy Spirit. Do something. <laughs> All right, stand up with me. I'll pray for you. We'll get out of here. Father, thank you that you've created us to be. Not just to do, but because we are, we get to go out and do. Lord, thank you that you have created us not to try to, try to work our way to, to your acceptance and love, but Lord, thank you that you have created us for good works. And Lord, thank you that as we go and we leave this building, Lord, I pray that you would just highlight people for us to bless. Lord, um, in any way that you see fit, Lord, help us to open our ears to what you have to say. Just like Jesus said, I only do what I... What my, what my dad tells me. I only say what he says to say. Lord, thank you for that image, for us to see it in Scripture, for us to understand it in our spirit, that that's us now. Lord, we, we want to do what you say do. We want to we say what you want us to say in the moments that you want us to say them. Help us to be your hands and feet on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.